So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody. To this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection, me, I'm Rico Shields, and off here just a little to my left is Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I am great, Rick. I'm great. It's been an interesting few days, but uh, after the last show, I have managed to turn my health around again, so all's well in my crazy little world. This is good. This is good. All is, you know, just to keep with our tradition, all is like freaking cold up there. Like 22 degrees right now, which is what, negative something in your world? Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, that's your definition of cold, love. But, I mean, when you when you think about what the temperature should be at this time of year, um, which I'm pretty sure they should be a little chillier than they are. It's been actually quite beautiful and warm. And um, being as I'm in in the hills, uh, it's warmer. It's about two degrees warmer up at our house than it is when I go into town. So I'm actually quite cozy up here right now. So I haven't suffered too much, which I'm quite grateful for. uh, Because we talk about that, but, you know, anymore people go from house to car to business to car to someone else's house to house it's all heated it's all cool <laughs> it's oh not goodness. so heated when you get out to the cold in the morning to heat your car but um no it's it's actually been quite bearable i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna complain we're very sheltered thanks to these I, I amazing saw a for you. pines yeah. what what does the gadget do well it sits on your dash and it has two vents on it and you can point them at the window or you can just point them off into the car Plugs into your cigarette lighter and doesn't really draw hardly. It has a digital clock in it. That's all the juice it draws until it turns on. So you can set the clock to turn it on if you like go to work at the same time every day, or it has a remote control that from about 200 feet away you can turn it on, and uh, it can run for up to 20 minutes and not uh, run down your battery. Yet your car will be toasty warm and your windshield defrosted, and you know. Wonderful little toy. Yeah, it sounded like just the it is, and I, it 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 would be, but I'm running an old um, an older car, so part of our morning warm up is not just to warm me up, but it's also to warm the engine up oh, because yes. she's she's an older vehicle and she has valve um, tap, which is you know never really a big problem if it's only happens when the engine is cold 
<laughs> and it happens in older cars quite frequently. Um, and until the engine's warmed up properly, she doesn't she doesn't want to run too smoothly. She tends to skip, skip um, yeah, and miss. Right. She misfires. Um, so, you know, I, I let her warm up and. Uh, it's it's all good. So, I, in other words, the gadget little... you need is a new car. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Or at least, yeah, you know, I, I would tell love George to... a new car would be enjoyable. I would, I would, I would very much love to have a more fuel efficient vehicle. Actually, um, I, I would be super uber excited about a hybrid. Um, and you know, I've been putting that out to the universe for a while, so I'm sure it's it's on its way. It's just a matter of time. What? I, I looked at the Prius when I I recently got a car, for those that don't know. And in in reading reviews, in reading various and sundry articles, um, virtually nobody was getting the mileage that they promise you, which is, you know, your mileage may vary, right? And uh, But with this Jetta, with the TDI diesel engine, and it's a clean diesel. It doesn't smell. It doesn't knock. It doesn't sound like an, a tractor. Um, they're getting they're getting better often than what the claimed mileage is, and um, and you still have like acceleration and stuff. And um, anyway, that's what I decided to go with, uh, and I have just been loving it. It's it's wonderful, and. You would probably enjoy the fact that it has electric seat heaters. So even before the engine, ah, yeah, before the engine can so get warm, your, your buns are toasted. Um, which is great. Do they no, do they make a truck? Ah, well, there's that. I'm a mountain girl now. I, you know, I, I'd like a hybrid truck if I can if I can get my hands on one. I'm sure there's one out there. So we'll well, put that out to the universe and have faith that one that runs on it'll come my way. Compressed natural gas or. Because those are like zero emissions. Something and, cool. Yeah, very cool. Okay, yeah. we got that. So, uh, speaking of vehicles. Speaking of vehicles. Um, we were talking just earlier about uh, our dear friend Dana Merkich that's been here with us on the show a couple of times. Um, in Australia, she just released her Maybe. December. Ah, uh, uh, very. And, and But she just released wow. her December monthly vision. She does it every month. Um People get annoyed because she doesn't. It's virtually never out on the first of the month, and sometimes it's the 18th of the month. But anyway, uh, she released her monthly visions yesterday, and she started doing a video with them, so I can turn it on and just listen to her tell me about it, so I don't have to read it. So I'm lazy that way. And um, anyway, she was talking about what's going on, and that. It's very similar to riding on the back of a motorcycle with somebody because this spaceship Earth, this beautiful being of a spaceship that is turning a corner, so to speak, and much like a motorcycle where the driver is hollering, lean with me, lean with me, or we're going to tump over, she's hollering, lean with me, and the smoothness of the turn and the ride and is going to be directly related to whether you're leaning with her or trying to hold on to something old and sort of almost lean in the opposite direction. Not that anybody's going to wreck and tump over and that's that, but but 
you could get a really rough ride. And uh, I just thought that was <laughs> a great visual of just lean with her. Lean it is a fantastic, fantastic analogy for anybody who's been near motorcycles or on a motorcycle or even um, even anybody who's ridden a pedal bike. You know that when you fight against the natural inertia of the machine, you you're setting yourself up for a fall, basically. Um, and, and it's simple physics at the end of the day. And I think that it's a beautiful analogy because it it really does just lay it all out there for you on the table and say, hey, this is it. You know, you can either lean into the turn or you can lean against it and hope you're wearing really good leather. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to be careful. With if you skid around the corner, you could end up with a nasty case of road rash. Oh, road rash sucks. Yeah, it's bad. Indeed. I used to ride a motorcycle as my only form of transport, so I can relate. Just back in my yeah. zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance days. I still have it a little bit. I, I have a hard time driving with all the windows closed. I have to have a window <laughs> so I can smell and, you know, you miss a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think once a bike baby, always a bike baby. Yeah, um, yeah. I know, you know, it's it's one of the things we haven't purchased yet, but it's definitely on our to-do list uh, just because I was pretty much born on a motorcycle. So, and, and, you know, and I mean, I, I just, think I was three when they put me it, on a bike for the first time. It seems natural for me, to, for Pascal, you know, big truck driver, demon Pascal, to to be riding along <laughs> on a Harley. Yeah, well, it, actually, he's not sure he would buy a Harley. He's a Ducati fan. Oh, yeah, well, that there you go. Yeah, yeah. As long as um, he didn't say, but, you know, Suzuki. Of course, that's what I had, no. was Suzuki. But uh, it was the Maduro I, I 1200, you know, it was a road cruiser. It wasn't a... I, don't, I, I know a lot of people like those cafe racer-type bikes, but, you know, I traveled across the country on my bike. I, I didn't want something I had to lay down on. Might go sleep. No, I think it's about being close to the elements, really. Um, because when you're in a vehicle, yeah, you're sheltered, but you're also you're removed um, from the elements and from the nature, and and the feeling of freedom is just something that can't be. Yeah, in in I, there's in no that old book, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Uh, that's. He said riding in a car is like watching a TV show or a movie. You know, yeah. you're in air conditioned or heated comfort. You're you can't smell anything. You can't hear anything. Um, you know, you're riding along on a motorcycle. You smell it all, and oftentimes, it's much more depending intimate. on the time of year, you 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 know, you drive by one of those fields of flowers that look so pretty in your car, and and the smell can be just almost overwhelming, almost knock you off the bike. And uh, yeah, uh, and you, you just can't. Even with my window cracked all the time in the car, it's just not the same. But it's closer, you know. And let a little bit of it in. And um, uh, anyway, that could be a whole show. Zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance. Good, it could. Yeah, <laughs> there's and, an uh, author I'd love to get my hands on. The biker um, show. Okay, so <clears throat> the hall. Oh, uh, so we have brought back tonight. Um, probably one of our most impactful guests, 
I think. Um, dear friends now. Her story. Family member. Yeah, Did dear family? friends, family member. But um, definitely who, when she was here last, shared a story that had a way of really getting getting to the deep part of the heart, <laughs> so Just to speak. Diving right um, in there. Yeah, so we're really, really happy and excited to have her back because the topic that she's coming back to talk about tonight, which is so far afield from what we spoke of last time. Um, so I think tonight's going to be really educational, really eye-opening for a lot of people. And um, I am guarantee that it will be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And... Um... And a, an interesting subject, and one that I think is sometimes taken lightly, and uh, and I'm certain shouldn't be, um, which is plant medicine. And uh, of course, we're I guess we'll get a little of the who the hell are you and what do you do off of some background on that. But but yeah. anyway, back back here with us again from the uh, Red Rocks is uh, Angela Mandato. Angela, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you. We're uber excited Yay. to have you back. Absolutely. Um, so last time you were here, you know, we covered the whole who the hell are you and what do you do. In fact, we covered it on a level that I certainly at the time wasn't prepared for. Um, <laughs> very, 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 very nicely recovered now and still in awe of, of your journey. Um, but who the hell are you now, and what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a vast beer. <laughs> Just sum it up fast. <laughs> um, I am. I am, yes. <laughs> a mystic and one who loves to travel realms. And tonight's show is about one of the ways to travel realms, Meditation is really an awesome way, and uh, our topic tonight is another one. So, should we just jump right in? Absolutely, go for it. I suppose we should. I mean, (laughs) I I got a book, a copy of a book that our friend Sierra Goodman wrote, and uh, it's a bunch of her quips that she posts online, and and so they're just single pagers. And so I thought, well, uh, you know new book it's this is cool i'll open it up and see what's there and uh i opened it up to the page that said just freaking leap already so <laughs> I, I guess that's tonight's okay. thing we'll just leap <laughs> okay so if if somebody would have said if somebody would have told me i don't know 10 years ago that i would be that this would be my life, that I would be talking about plant medicine, I would have thought they were off their rocker because um, I I come from a very conservative background. Um, my parents were Mormon fundamentalists in the beginning, and I grew up in a quiet Mormon town in southern Utah. And uh, my first husband, uh, well, back up, when I was in high school, I remember driving along the road driving along the car with my dad and he saw somebody that was sort of known for drug use and he made some derogatory comment, something about, you know, loadies or losers or something like that, you know. And 
And so, you know, of course, I wanted my father's love. And so I, I made a decision in my mind that I would never date anybody who ever did any drugs. And I was going to have a really clean life. In fact, my grandmother said she would pay us all $50 if we'd never do drugs in our whole life. <laughs> so, um, so that was really, you know, important for me. I had a really, you know, conservative background. And, of course, don't you know, my first husband was a musician and, you know, very few musicians don't experiment. And uh, we ended up getting divorced because he was off getting high with his buddies all the time. And it was just just awful for me. I was I felt really, really threatened by it. But that's because I had a very narrow view about, you know, certain kinds of plants in effect. And um, But I've always felt a really strong connection to plants. So my grandmother, who was an herbalist and um, a healer and a midwife and all that, she would take me on the, out in the garden and show me all the edible plants. And I'd eat rose petals and myrtle leaves. And, you know, I always had a really strong connection with them. So when I started getting all my training in massage therapy and healing and then shamanic healing, I realized there was a point that I was going to have to face that fear because I had this, I had a blockage that, you know, I had a bit of judgment towards people who got high. And in fact, I remember, you know, my husband said, and I'd already had two children and my husband said, well, how can you put down something that you've never tried? And so, you know, I, I got high one time with him and I just hated it. I cried and it was awful. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's my life now, of course, is is very different, and I have a very deep, deep appreciation for um, the the powerful teachers that certain plants can be. And just you know, not that I need to share this, but I don't, you know, I don't partake in any street paraphernalia or anything like that. I, I'm really, really, I still have a really pretty clean lifestyle. But when I go to Peru, I um, I have gained incredible insights by working with certain plant medicines and plant medicine teachers there that have just absolutely rocked my world and changed my life and given me insights that I can't imagine I would have ever been able to access without that, even though, you know, I'd had certain kind, you know, through a lot of Zen training and a lot of meditation and things like that, I had experiences of some forms of enlightenment but um, I'll just start from the beginning on how on my first experience. Um, you you haven't you want, do you want to jump in for a minute or should I just keep going? Oh no, well, that's uh, no. that's a that's Carry a great on. place to start. Is you know how I mean you you got high one time you hated it. Uh, yeah. And and then somehow you wound up going on a journey with a plant teacher. So how, what, 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 how, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, as I became, as, as I did my training as to become a shaman, and I just want to, I, I want to just start with the very simple basics about what a shaman is. Um, a great explanation for a shaman is a mediator between the seen world and the unseen world. So, you know, even Albert Einstein said that 95% of our reality is unseen. And to be a shaman, you know, you we journal we journey into realms where there are, there are realms and aspects that affect people that you cannot see with the naked eye. 
And I knew if I was going to really become a shaman, I was going to have to break through my fear and go explore plant medicine. And I had read lots of stories about this amazing medicine, this vine in the jungle where people would talk about, you know, taking it and throwing up. And and I just thought, oh, that's so wild and I'll probably never do that, but it sounds really cool. And then there was a point where I just said, okay, I got to go. So uh, I went on this trip with a, a group of uh, spiritual people who had done a lot of shamanic training. And right before the trip, um, I just, I realized that I was pregnant. And I was a little bit freaked out about that because at the time I had my, my two, so my first marriage, I had two children, I got divorced. Then I married my current husband and I have two little boys that are 11 and 12 now. Well, at the time they were uh, four and six four and five, something like that. And both of them weighed 10, six when they were born. They were really large babies. I had gestational diabetes. I had beautiful home births, but I almost died the last time. It was a pretty, a pretty rough go of it. So I was pretty clear that I didn't want to have any more children for my own safety reasons. And um, all of a sudden I started getting all these signs. I mean, literally like just a week or two before I went on this trip. So I went to my brother-in-law, Dr. Scott Werner, who you had on the show recently, and I said, I need you to tune in and tell me if I'm pregnant. And he did his, he did his little thing with his muscle testing, and he just started laughing, and he said, don't worry, it's all going to work out in, in the jungle. And so I went there, and they talked in the meetings before we did this plant medicine, and the medicine that I'm referring to is called ayahuasca. And ayahuasca is is known as the vine of the soul, and also the vine of death because it helps you to make peace with death and to connect with your soul and to connect with your guides, your guardian angels, your subconscious, anything that's stored in there that that you don't normally have access to on an everyday basis, you can gain access to. So we had a meeting ahead of time and I learned about the medicines and I learned from the from the teachers who were holding who were holding the ceremonies. And they said, you know, you, when you cross over into these upper realms, you can ask any any question. So I knew right away. I, so I go there, and this and this ceremony was down. It was uh, on the Madre de Dios River, which is the river of God, you know, the Mother of God River. And we were out on the beach underneath the stars, and we had a foam mat that we were laying down on, and a pillow, and a sweater, and a flashlight. And there we were under the stars, and we drink the medicine, and in about 20 minutes, it starts taking effect. Now, the healer, the ayahuasquero, is singing, and he's calling on all the angels, and he's doing this whole ceremony, singing and rattling, and and literally singing to us like four or five hours for the entire time. And then we had he had helpers that would assist us if we needed to throw up or to go to the bathroom or if we needed any, any special kind of clearing or healing. So I drink the medicine and my and I start to feel the effects and I feel myself traveling upward. And I said, um, am I pregnant? And, you know, I knew I was, but I wanted more clarification about what it all meant. And, and I literally heard a voice and, you know, they talked about these, um, these, these deities, these spirits that live inside the plants. And so as he's singing, he's calling on these plant spirits that literally are beings that will talk to you and communicate with you. And that blew me away because I thought, oh, they're just kind of making that up. 
it astounded me. I literally heard a woman's voice, and it was just this beautiful, loving, tender, motherly voice. And she said, yes, my love, of course there is life within you. But more importantly than that, it's important that you know that all of life is within you. And suddenly it was as though I swallowed the universe and my whole body turned inside out. And I literally could not tell the difference between where my body ended and the rest of the universe began. And in the very beginning, there was there was this this point of light that went right into my womb to show me that, yes, there was life that had been created and was living there. But all of life was there. And the next three, about three, three and a half hours was this powerful, intense experience of realizing that I'm not separate from anything. That I literally saw the grid, you know, the matrix the that we're all part of. There was sparks of light flowing. There was this buzzing, this humming, this constant uh, creation of life that was happening all the time in everything that exists, not only on this planet, but in the entire universe is that passes through my body, that there are meridians and um, light structures and strands that every one of us are part of. And there's nothing that any of us can do to anybody else that doesn't affect us. You so know, if we want... Well, well, I was just going to mention, it's uh, your... Uh, if you take out the you know swallowing and the turning inside out, the the sudden inability to tell where you stopped and the rest of the universe started is almost exactly... Uh, in different words, but almost exactly the way that Jill Bolte Taylor described her stroke experience. That she suddenly looked at her hand and then she couldn't tell where her hand stopped and the wall started that she was holding on to to try to keep from flying her away. And, um, uh, and then she just couldn't. And, and so this is great to not have to have a stroke. So. <laughs> But but yeah. I I suppose pointing out that there are it's not the only way that these kinds of experience can happen, but it's a very powerful mm-hmm. conduit and amplifier and teacher. Yeah. So so there he was, and I was just uh, I just felt you know tears streaming streaming down my eyes just of gratitude for that kind of awareness. And I started just, I just thought, oh, my God, I just wish that everybody could have this kind of experience. And meanwhile, it, around me, I could hear there were about 30 people in that circle, and there were people that were retching, just, you know, really throwing up intensely and all of that. But it just seemed, it was just such distant background noise to me that I was hardly even barely aware of it. And I could feel gurgling in my stomach and all that, but I, it was such a pleasant experience for me that, you know, I just felt like I had just really been gifted. And so I just started with my mind, I started wrapping this awareness and this love around everybody that I knew, all of my friend, all of my family members and my extended family and my clients and my friends and then my town, my city, my my country, the world, the universe. I just felt that that complete, you know, I just wanted... I wanted to not be the only one to experience that. I wanted to I wanted to share that. And I'm just, you know, in this ecstatic state of bliss 
And then I hear hear this woman's voice again saying, Angela, honey, it's time to throw up now. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I mean, I literally, I was in such a state of bliss. I didn't even know that I was feeling nauseous. It was that cool. So, so I kind of rolled over on all fours and I thought, well, I'll crawl out of the, out of the circle because I, she told me I'll probably need to throw up. So I'll just prepare for that. And I start crawling out on all fours out of the circle. And then all of a sudden from my left side and above me, I literally got pounced on by a jaguar, the spirit of the jaguar, but it was the real deal for me. So I ended up experiencing shape-shifting, and I didn't plan on it. I didn't try to. It's just what happened. But this this being just pounced, came into my body and pounced on me. And all of a sudden, it was like having this other um, archetypal spirit inside of me was um, the adrenaline was so intense that it, it was like I had drank a million cups of espresso. And I was just feeling myself kind of shaking, just like this really powerful energy moving through me. And then I started to throw up. And as I'm throwing up, the jaguar is taking me on a on a journey through my third eye, basically as to say, look, I'm watching over your body while it throws up. You're coming with me. And we're going to go through the jungle. So he takes me like running through the jungle. And then we get to this this sort of, clearing and he it's like he uh introduced me to all all of the jungle all of the plants all the animals the insects the flowers the vines everything and they all started talking to me they just lit up one by one and i would see a mound of termites and a mound of ants and other little creatures and i could see this glow around the whole colony and i could see how they were all part of how they they functioned almost as one being and I was kind of wondered that, about that you know how ants and termites and and even bees you know how they all just seem to function as one and birds in flight for example and I could see this glow around them it was almost like they were cell different cells of of one organ and then there were other little creatures where you know I could feel how they all had respect for one another and that um the they just they were in relationship in such a way that was just exquisite and then one one flower would light up and it would say i know how to heal eyes and another plant would light up and say i heal bones and then two plants would light up together and say we know how to cure cancer and another one would light up and say you know i i heal digestive disorders and it was just exquisite, and I understood how the um, the ancient people, you know, they would they would take this medicine, and this medicine would teach them about every other medicine in the entire jungle. So they didn't have to go through all kinds of studies and trial and error and all of that. Um, right. right. So, um, just one second, I. Okay. Um, I can smell something burning in my house. So if you can maybe talk to each other for just a second while I check my stove. <laughs> sure, yeah, you better check that out. I, uh, in fact, it's uh, we're, we've actually, just about no, hit the... Actually, okay. I just, uh, I just saw everything's okay. I think well, I was 
neighbor stoke. <laughs> My could senses be. are really heightened. <laughs> it, well, that happens, and because uh, uh, that's one of the uh, questions that I'm going to have is uh, the changes that it makes in your meditational experiences and things um, uh, afterwards. But uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll keep going. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm it's, back. We're we're about the half hour, so we can. We can take a break if you if you're ready or um, yeah, let's take a quick break. All right, we'll take a quick break and uh launch the Age of Aquarius here on twelve 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 Eve uh with our good friend Jolene. And uh and if I can find her, uh I'll know yes. We'll be back in about four minutes. <laughs> Well, I don't know how long it is. I can't remember. It's good. I'm doing good to remember the songs that we have available. Um, so anyway, this is our dear friend Jolene, and uh, we'll be back in about four minutes. Stay with us, folks. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point to set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, Drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family.
Welcome back, everybody. That was interesting. The uh, control panel said the song was over long before it was over. It's because it's that song with the tricky ending, and I never remember what time on the timer to... But I got it just right when I didn't have a timer to look at. We just went with my gut. How about that? I'm telling you, global weirding is not just about the weather. (laughs) No, we're having a little universal weirding. Yeah, it's right across the board. Yeah, I don't think the the pole shift is necessarily the magnetic poles. It's just all the way all this electrons floating around are working because it's been weird, computers and electronics. For it's been weird. A little bit. Yeah. Time for an upgrade. <clears throat> Yours <laughs> is coming. I th- they're supposed to... Well, one screen says that Maddie's computer will be there Friday, and the other one says they're going to ship it Friday, so <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see. More surprises. Well, well, Canada. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. That was our dear friend, Jolene, and uh, we have with us tonight Angela Mandado, who uh, is teaching us about sacred plant medicine in a amazing story it is it was an amazing experience and each time i've been there it's been something different and new and incredible so um so back to where i was in the jungle with uh being with yeah the jaguars taken me in as his guest and taken over my body at the same time. And um, then by the time I was finished throwing up, uh, I was taken back into my body. And the jaguar just basically like nodded and left. He jumped up and out um, towards my right side as he left. And I went back to the to my mat and uh, sat down and I just stayed with more visions and some of the visions that I was shown were really beautiful. I was thinking about my 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 children who were young and my youngest child's face which would show in front of me and then right in front of me he would he would age and then there would be nothing but a skeleton and then he would turn to dust and fall into the ground and then he'd he'd pop up like another flower as another form and he would age and turn into a skeleton and then dust and then back into the ground. And then each one of my children, one by one from the youngest to the oldest, um, would turn to into a skeleton and, and dust in front of me and then grow like flowers again. And, and, you know, it was clear that the plant was teaching me about the cycle of life and death and to not be afraid if, you know, to lose somebody and that there really is no death. So the the medicine will speak in pictures and use, you know, the the best kind of pictures it can to convey certain messages and sometimes through voice and sometimes through um, combination of both. So um, I go back to my mat and then the the uh the shaman came around around and said how are you feeling can you walk and i said yeah i feel fantastic and we gathered up we get in the boat we cross the river we go back to the bungalow and i had these amazing dreams and i thought wow that was so awesome and tense and thank god i never have to do that again because <laughs> it was <laughs> famous last words <laughs> and you know, the next morning I got up and hiked around the jungle and I just felt alive and happy and, you know, just totally present where I was. And 
there was another meeting and another opportunity to another to do another ceremony and I was pretty clear I wasn't going to do it. I'm sitting there in the ceremony and the plant literally starts talking to me. The same woman's voice came into me. I could hear her speaking and she said, Angela, sweetie, you're coming back tonight. We're not finished with you. Okay, so so I went back that evening and I decided to go back to my the same mat that I was on. And there was a man to my left by the name of Dan, who he had gone back to his same mat as well. And when the when the the ayahuasquero started the ceremony, he started with uh, Dan and then went around the circle. So that meant that I was going to be the last one getting the medicine. And the way they do it, he has a he has a big jug and it's like this. A rich black kind of licorice espresso-y but earthy kind of putrid smell all together and he pours this 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 dark liquid into a special little sacred cup that has all kinds of prayers into it and then the person drinks it and he goes to the next person and all around the circle and it's very important the way the medicine is made um, it's helpful if the shaman knows who he's going to be working with because he will be very specific about those prayers. And um, so he puts tons and tons of prayers in while he's cooking it and, and you know, preparing it and all through the ceremony. So Dan drinks the liquid and he looks at me and he says, oh my God, Angela, you're pregnant. Because he could see already and I hadn't gotten the medicine yet. And then I went, oh, shit, that's right. Oh, my God. I totally forgot that I was pregnant. Now, just that part alone, that just blows my mind, that I would literally forget from the time that I started the ceremony the night before when I was told that all of life was in me. I was having such a grand experience with all of life that I forgot that there was within me. Didn't think about it at all the next day. I didn't think about being pregnant or how that would affect my career or my marriage or anything like that. I was almost stunned when he said that. And it was like, oh, my gosh, oh, that's right. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And before the medicine even got me, I hear this this woman's voice come back again. And she said, I want you to listen very closely, very carefully. You're going to follow these instructions exactly. Let go of all fear. Come into into Aini which is right relationship with all of life and make every decision from a place of love. And I knew that she meant, you know, let go of all fear, meaning, you know, let go of the fear that uh, that this would be another really large baby and that I might die and that it might have some, you know, negative impact on my life. Let go of the fear of how that a new child would um, affect my marriage or my career or anything like that. And meaning, you know, what come into right relationship, I knew that I needed to be in right relationship with this child. And I realized, oh my goodness, here I have all this fear and all these stories surrounded and this child has just shown up. And I knew right away that it was a girl. And at around this about this time the medicine came the medicine person came to me. I drank the medicine. And as I started to go, um, started to drift into these higher states I knew immediately that I needed to communicate with this baby. And once again, immediately I knew it was a girl. And I was gazing up into the stars with my eyes opened. And I closed my eyes and I could still see the stars 
you know, and we threw it right through my eyelids and I put my fingers up to make sure that my eyelids were closed and they were. And then I saw these stars take this form and it was of this beautiful woman. It was in a, it was the adult version of the child that was within me. And immediately I had this recognition. I just said, oh, my gosh, it's you. Oh, my heavens, I haven't seen you for ages, you know, a millennium. And she starts taking me on this tour, and she was so happy to see me, and I was so happy to see her. And she sort of showed me this scene that it felt like a, you know, like a slumber party where, you know, we had said, I know, what if we go down to Earth and I'm your mom and, you know, we'll travel together and we'll have a great time. So I knew I knew this soul and and that I had a soul agreement with her. And it was just beautiful. I mean, she just showed me that she showed me what, you know, all, you know, there are all kinds of soul agreements and that they could be, um, they could be shifted, but to show that, to show what they were. And I'm just having this amazing time connecting with her. And then up to my left, I could see this. I was looking at the constellations. And mind you, my eyes are closed, but I'm seeing all this. And I realized that, you know, I'm looking at stars and constellations. And I realized that, you know, when I thought about, well, how how did scientists ever even come up with constellations like way back? I mean, constellations have been in place for a long time and Greek mythology and all that. And I realized they had to be taking this medicine because when you when you take this medicine you can actually physically see the constellations there is a there's a glow around those groupings of stars even though some of them don't look like they really all fit together you can see that and in this constellation where where my guides were so my my personal guardian angels and guides were speaking through these constellations of stars and it was like a pulsing feeling, and I just felt totally safe. And it was like a hand came down out of the heavens and just held me and said, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be just fine. You don't have to worry about anything. And we're so proud of you. You've you've gone through some really difficult tasks in life in the human form, and we're so dazzled by you as a human being that we want to give you a gift. And tonight, we're going to give you anything you want. You just say the word. And it will appear. Anything you want in your life, you can have it. We can, we will create it and manifest it in front of you. And at that point, I'm in such a, such a state of bliss that I had no idea what I even wanted. And then I look over to my daughter and she said, yeah, what do you want? She said, well, how about, let's start with me. Do you want me to be born to you or not? And I would look back and forth to them, back and forth between them, because at this point I'm feeling so peaceful about everything. I thought, wow, this is going to be really great having her come into my life. And, but they just held me into this really, really deep state, so I could just get really, really still and come to my deepest truth. And after a while, I realized that I, I said, this is what I want. I want to honor whatever my soul agreements are. So I looked at her. I said, if I have an agreement to bring you into the earth plane and to be a, a mother or a role model for you or a teacher. I want to honor that agreement. And if you could be born through somebody else's body, that would be super great. And she said to me, of course you can have that, absolutely. And my guide said, of course you can have that. That's, if that's what you'd like, if you'd like her to be born through somebody else's body, that's what we'll give you. And I looked at her and she just, and there was like no judgment. There wasn't a, an ounce of you know, don't you love me or anything like that. It was just absolutely you can have that. And she said, when you 
and and they explained how the third part about making every decision from a place of love that at that point I was in a state of love and I didn't have any fear and it just seemed like that was what would be the highest good for me. And she said, what you need to know is that I came to you to give you first right of right of refusal. And there is a whole line of people that want me to be born to them. And I will have a beautiful life and you'll know me and I'll be in your family and we'll see each other soon. And then she faded away and my guide said, we're with you all the time. And if there's anything that you need from us, just call upon us and we are here. We're watching over everything that you do and we can help you if you if you're working with people who need healing, we will help you. We're here with you always, and and your life is, you know, um, going to be much easier from this point forward. So they faded away, and I just felt really, really blissful. And at this point, I needed to go pee, so I just felt really alert. I got up, I walked out of the circle, and squatted down to go pee. And literally, oh, sorry, I forgot one little set, one part. Before this, literally, like right after they faded away, within a minute, I literally felt a pop in my cervix, like a, and I went out of the circle, squatted down to go pee, and literally went into labor right there on the spot. My my body started contracting, and I was in such a state of bliss that I didn't really fully understand what was happening until a little bit later. Um and then I uh, went back to my mat and sat down, and I just felt really clear. And the, the strongest feeling that I had was a sense of relief. I just felt so much relief and so much peace and so much joy. And the shaman, that I didn't really fully understand this, but these ayahuasqueros, they actually see the visions that we are all having at the same time, and they know when our visions are about complete and so as soon as I was finished, he came back and he said, how are you feeling? Can you walk? I said, I feel fantastic. So we all go get in the boat. We go back to the bungalows and I needed to go to the bathroom again at the bungalow. And that's when the light was on there in my room. And so, and that's when I realized that there was all the sign of this, you know, the baby at that point was still practically microscopic, but but everything that the sign that the baby had been there um, was released. And at that point, then I start to really freak out. And I said, Oh my God, is this, did this just really happen? Like the, and, and this time I didn't throw up. See what happens is the medicine goes into your body and whether you have cancer or, uh, emotional issues or anger or sadness or a physical something going on in your body, the medicine will go in. It's so intelligent. It will go exactly where it needs to go. So instead of causing me to throw up, it it uh, went right out through my cervix, literally, to um, carry the baby out. So when I, you know, I'm the voice, this woman's voice comes back, and my guides are all there, and they, I said, oh my God, did this just really happen? And they said, yes, Angela, this is exactly what happened. You said what you wanted, and we gave it to you. And this experience was so important to teach you. And to teach anyone who is uh, who resonates with this message that it's not just about babies. It's not just about the topics of keeping a life or passing on a life. It's what is it that is your total dilemma, your conundrum, that you your unsolvable problem. And it, all problems can be solved this way. 
let go of the fear, be in right relationship with all aspects, and make every decision from a place of love, and you cannot make a mistake. And they said you were, you know, they said you were given this gift so that you could see just how powerful the manifestations are that that move through you, and that you can create miracles all the time, and this will happen for you over and over for the rest of your life. And it has been true. I have had miracles happen over and over and over from this one first initial experience. Hmm. So, um, okay, well, i got to ask the obvious question. Who is she? And you know her now, I'm guessing, because she said she would see you soon. Yes. So, so who was she born to? She turns out she was born to my cousin. And the way I found out about this was I had a peyote experience. And it turns out I have a cousin um, who was across the, it was in the same ceremony. And she's the most like me of anybody in my family. And she's about my age. And she had had, um, she had already had several children and she was divorced and she was totally content, not planning on having any more children. Now, another interesting part about this, she's my mother's cousin, actually, um, on my mother's mother's side of the family, and she ended up marrying my mother and my my cousin on my mother's fa- father's side of the family. So the two of them are not related, but amazingly, this baby got the same genes on my mother's mother's side of the family and my mother's father's side of the family. And they met, fell head over heels in love, and literally that baby went directly from me on the beach in Peru to them on the beach in California when they were first getting together. And I, you know, when she, I came back from there, I was passing these uh, Munaki rites and these initiations and um, to groups of people, and my cousin was the first pregnant person that I passed these initiations to, and I started bonding with her, and I hadn't seen her for many years. And I went to, they had the baby, and the day that the baby was born, I had I had called, and there was a special stone that I used, and she happened to have it with her, and so I was, like, connected with her the, the day the baby was born, and I was connected at their wedding. They They got married after the baby was born. And I was holding her in all the wedding pictures. I was just totally drawn to this baby, but I just didn't, for some reason, I didn't expect it because I didn't expect her to come that soon. And so it was 18 months after that experience on the beach at this peyote ceremony, and it was like an intense nine-hour ceremony, and then the medicine man called on four women. It was a large group of people, well, probably about 30, 35 people, and he called on four women, me, my cousin, and two other people to go get the food at the end of the ceremony about, you know, early, about 7 in the morning. And we go out there, and she stands on the end of the stars, and she just wraps her arms around me, and she had tears in her eyes, and she said, Angela, the star beings told me to tell you that I have your baby. And she didn't know the story. Bizarre as it was, she didn't know the story. She said, we need to talk later because the baby that I have, these star beings said that it's your baby, so I'm supposed to share her with you. (laughs) It's just that, I mean, we're, we're, to this day, we're still just, like, totally blown away. Her name is Ashley. She's beautiful and just just a real treasure. That's amazing. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even planning on going to that peyote ceremony. As a matter of fact, I got dragged to it last minute, and she got dragged to it to it last minute too. So, yeah, well, the best laid plans of mice, you know. <laughs> yeah. And all yeah. that. Yeah. So Words. you know, it took me about four years, and I knew I was going to be. You know, it was on that trip. Those were the, you know, that the first two nights that I spent in Peru. That was a, the first first two days of a three week trip in Peru. I had an amazing experience. I came back, and I knew I knew I wanted to bring groups of people back. But it took me it was about three and a half years later. It took me about four years to bring the first group there. So about three and a half, three and a half after years after this experience, um, and about two years after I discovered where my daughter was, it just blew my mind. Um, I started feeling all these promptings. It was like, it felt like I was back in the jungle and I just kept feeling these, this vine, this vine of the soul. Like I'd have these images of this vine growing around me and it just, I could feel it beckoning and calling me. And I just kept getting all these promptings. It was, you know, the voice was a softer voice, but it would say, Angela, it's time to come back. It's time to come back and bring your people, bring your groups of people. And I went to, uh, I do angelic readings, but I went to another person who I really respect. And I said, you know, what about these whole Peru trips? Am I really supposed to go back and do this? And she said, and you know, she said that my my guides were speaking through her, and she's what she said was that there are groups, there are soul groups of people that travel together every single lifetime, that they that they come together for a specific event to do humanitarian work and healing work on the planet when they come together, and she said that's what your your groups will be, those people who come together to to merge their energies to do powerful healing work. So it was around. Um, December, January, that I decided to that I'd start putting the the group together. So I I set the plans to be there in June, um, six months later, and um, so I get, I get yeah it was about December. I get this really strong impression to go. In January, I I had this dream, and I had woken up early in the morning and I went back to sleep, and I had this dream that I was walking really powerful vision. I dreamed that I was at an archaeological site and I had a large group of people and it felt like family. It was almost like a family reunion, like but it was a soul family reunion. And I was there and I walked into this large room and I see this this man with dark hair and brown eyes from the other side of the room and he just looked really intensely at me and he just walked towards me like really intense came right up to me. And he put, and he placed his forehead to my forehead and I just felt like this download of something happened and he looked and he just stared at me and I said what is your name he said my name is Reuben we will be working together soon and you will be bringing your groups of people to me for healing and I was like whoa and I knew this was going to be my next teacher so um and a couple of days after that I was going to the I was going to a um uh prophets conference in Cancun and I and I was going to go do a tour of the Mayan um sacred sites and working with several different um well-known Mayan healers and I thought for sure I was going to meet him there but it turns out I didn't I met him um that was the teacher who is now my my guide and um later discovered that he was the former head archaeologist of Machu Picchu so yeah 
um, around. So that happened in January, and I didn't. Uh, so I didn't. I didn't meet him obviously in Mayan country. And around um, March, April, I discovered that I was getting. I had lumps in my breast, and I realized I was in trouble. And uh, went to my brother-in-law, and he said, "Yeah, you've got breast cancer." And I was just um, kind of flipping out because. Um, here I had this group of people that were ready to go and I was supposed to leave in about six weeks. I thought, oh my gosh, am I, you know, am I going to be in the hospital during this time? I'm not going to be able to, you know, maybe I won't be able to leave the group. I won't be able to go. And uh, Dr. Werner said, don't worry. We're just, you know, we're going to heal you and um, you'll go back to your, your plant teacher there and, and that will, and that will finish it. So, that's exactly what happened. I did a bunch of herbal therapies and got a lot of healing here. And I went there and my group didn't even know that I was sick when I was there until basically the last day. And I did three ceremonies that time. And that time, the in, in each vision was powerful and amazing. And uh, at the last ceremony, it said, okay, you're, you're healed now. You're going to be okay. You just have to be careful and, you know, take good care of your health. And um, you might have other 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 things that happen later, but for right now, you're fine. And it and it was uh, it was amazing. It was a mer- another miracle. And each time I've gone, each in each plant I've worked with, I've had some miraculous thing that's happened every single time. And and there have been numerous reports of people uh, traveling to. Uh, Peru and and uh, other spots and working with ayahuascaros and and being healed of all manner of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know one lady with cancer got back and her doctor ran tests and and said they weren't ready on the date that he said he was going to have them ready and then he finally called her and he said i you know looking back on things i've decided that we misdiagnosed you you, you never even had you never had cancer <laughs> so it was like not only was she healed the whole history of it was gone like it never happened <laughs> that's amazing yeah that's kind of how i feel i've had a couple of different um health concerns like that and just absolutely miraculous like it was just gone overnight done and uh, this last group that, you know, I've gone a few times now and, of course, met Ruben, my teacher, who it turns out he's he makes um, the San Pedro medicine, which is another plant medicine I've been working with. And, and both the ayahuasca and uh, the ayahuasca is the vine of the soul and it's mixed with chakruna leaf, which is the vision plant. And I think there are about 32 different recipes where they may have a little bit of another ingredient mixed in and different uh, amounts. But, you know, I want to I want to share a little bit of a cautionary thing. The first time I did the ceremony, before the ceremony, the teacher who was who was leading it, he said, "And I recommend that you not do this ceremony." And he had to do that for insurance purposes, you know, to cover himself. But you know, I what I say to people is if you are interested in exploring plant medicine, it has to be a very, very personal thing that that you feel inspired to do because if you do it before you're ready, 
you know, you're not necessarily going to have the best experience. But I, for me, I just followed my promptings and my knowings, and and uh, it's I've had beautiful experiences every time. And uh, times that you were told not to do it, did any of these people that you work with that like was that a problem for any of them? I have never seen anything negative happen. Um, other than um, there are a couple of people in a couple of the groups that I was in that um, they'd had some negative things happen to them when they were young and they were shamed. Like one man who was a very close friend of mine who's gay, um, he he went through being excommunicated by the Mormon church and, you know, just having some, you know, really painful things. And so what it does is it helps you face your whole life, your whole history, and and to clear it. So the first experience that he had, he said, oh, everybody said, I did so much research, and I thought it was going to be an awesome experience. It really wasn't. But after a couple of days, he said, you know, he he said he let the teachings just sort of wash over him, and then he started feeling more and more comfortable where he understood the visions better. And then he had a couple of more ceremonies uh, at a later date, and they were just beautiful, and then every every one after that has been really good. One woman who who was in one of the ceremonies had a she'd had breast cancer and she had just been hacked up. She'd had chemo. She'd had just really negative experiences and so the what the visions that showed her was the violence that you know the next day at the meeting we she she had tears in her eyes and she said you know I'm hearing everybody say that this you know they had such a beautiful experience and she said not me she said, my experience was violent and horrible. And that's what she was feeling in the moment. But, you know, a little bit later conversation, she, she said, well, my experience wasn't mild and horrible. She said, what I was shown was this is what, it, what had happened to me was violent and horrible. And she did another ceremony. And the the next ceremony that she that she did, it was so beautiful and so peaceful because she was able to forgive the doctors who she felt had just done it. And, you know, I, I can't say what their experience was, but her experience was that she had just been hacked up and treated very badly by the medical profession. And the medicine helped her to forgive them. And it helped her to detox. Now, um, one other person who had had a lot of drug experience, a lot of she'd done a lot of cocaine and heroin and a lot of other things. Of course, she didn't tell me this before the ceremony, but her body kind of shook a lot. It, it was just, it was a really intense experience for her. And what the medicine told her was that everything that comes in you has to come out. So she was experiencing sort of reliving some of the visions that she had had with, with some of the other medicines. And, you know, passing through back out, you know, you're going to experience some of just to a lesser degree, but that same, that same kind of thing. And then, you know, when she did it a couple more times, it was just all beautiful. So much, it, just, it, it meets you where you're at. Yeah, much like other uh, spiritual tools that can, uh, particularly at the beginning of one's journey, bring up things that are maybe not that fun to look at, but that need to be looked at. Right. And um, and as you said, most of them, when they go on, the, the next one's just beautiful because they've mm-hmm. been able to face that and release it. Right. Um, 
But again, it's um, what's unique about the experience is that uh, oftentimes in that search for self and in that process of looking in the mirror, you have time to adjust, you know. But the ayahuasca experience is, I mean, it's 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 very up in your face and it's right there. It's very intense, um, and I think that's. I guess that's what what presents the challenge, but also that's what's so beautiful about it, is that it's an almost instant clearing. Right, exactly. And the way the way I equate it, and it's exactly how I feel. I mean, there's so much reverence that I feel uh, when I'm going to have another experience. And I know that there are that there are people in the United States that they're able to bring the vine here and have experiences. And personally, I don't recommend that because out of respect to this teacher, this plant that's a teacher, it's you know basically saying you want the plant to come to you on your turf and on your terms. But if you really want to do a pilgrimage, you go to where the plant is. And, and um, what my teacher said there is if it's a really good teacher, they, they pretty much demand that you show respect to the plant by going to where the plant is. And it's part of the pilgrimage, the journey, and all the anticipation and preparation rather than just, you know, going down the streets like you are you yeah. know into a journey. And it's not I, a it's not a Friday night recreational No, not at it, all. Or at least it shouldn't be. And and these ayahuasqueros, many of them have multi generational traditions. I, I mean yes, this is a tradition for uh, probably nobody know, really knows exactly how long. Oh yeah. Uh, and and you know they're born the children that are born into this. I mean, and in these indigenous cultures, some of the you know sometimes the children they'll they'll sort of choose one. The ayahuasquero that I work the most with, who I just love, he's just this precious jungle man. You look into his eyes, and it's like you're looking into the universe. And I know of ayahuasqueros that have said, you know, that that plant has been their university. It has taught them about biology, astronomy, astrology chemistry, physiology, every every subject, relationships, love. Some of the things subject. that we, we see in ancient indigenous cultures, and you're like, well, they, they must have used these pyramids as observatories because they figured out the positions of the stars and the constellations, and they probably got taught like this. Yeah, um, literally the plant. The plant is it's like going to school. But I kind of equate it like like you know what a lot of religions talk about Judgment Day going and standing before God, which I don't see it that way because I you know I see it as you know we are our own you know we we face ourselves. But in an experience like this, it is like that. Like how who would you be? How would you feel? What would come up for you if you were standing before God and looking and, you know, having a review of your life, which often happens when we're dying? It's kind of that same kind of experience because you experience what it's like to die in a way. Yeah. So, you know, all the all the things, you know, we can fool a lot of people in our life, but we cannot fool God. We cannot fool our higher self and we cannot fool this plant. No, no. <laughs> it will kick your ass. <laughs> And and that's uh, I get the 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 image again of this turning the corner on the motorcycle, mm-hmm. and you know some of the people have had rather 
disturbing or violent seeming experiences, it's almost like they didn't lean with it. And due to your years of of experience and this shamanic training that you had beforehand, you were leaning with it. Yeah. And so even when you I, threw up the first time, it wasn't really an unpleasant experience because you were out romping around the jungle with a jaguar. Right. I I just felt like I was totally nurtured, totally cared for, totally protected, totally safe. It was like I was being held in the arms of Mother Earth. So it's uh, to me that's just indicative of the importance of people uh, being prepared for it. Exactly. Uh, in whatever they feel inside is um, is the route for them. But um, I want to. Uh, we're going to run out of time again, and uh, and we might go over a, <laughs> surprise, a surprise. little bit. Uh, <laughs> we if, haven't even gotten to the other plant medicine yet. <laughs> right, and and you know, uh, certainly have you back. But I just wanted to ask a couple of questions before we uh, okay. run out of time. Uh, you and I talked once about there's a lot of videos on YouTube about how to make ayahuasca, which I want to point out to people is not just, there is a vine that is referred to, but that's not the only thing in the mm-hmm. in the medicine. Um, right. And you, you looked at some of those videos together with somebody that you work with. Tell, yeah, tell us about that. Yeah. So I was with one of my teachers um, in Peru. And we thought we'd have a little fun and, and he was he was training me on some of the plant medicine. In this particular case he was he was training me on um explaining showing me the, the San Pedro which is a cactus that's the next plant that I started to do work with and teaching me about I had several experiences with it first and then I would say, Is there any chance you'd ever consider teaching me? And he'd say, You're not ready yet. I'd say, Okay, all right, I'll wait until you say I'm ready and then the next time I would go, I would say, you know, is it is it time? And he said, okay, I'll let you. He says, I'll show you. And she said, I'll show you the first step and the basics. And he was showing me. And then, um, and for fun, we thought we'd go, we'd watch all the YouTube vi- videos that we could find on it. And he would sit and laugh. He said, every single one of them were wrong. Literally, I like, well, how can you say wrong or right? But there was not one that was correct according to the the way that it's done anciently and reasons why. Like for example, San Pedro, some of them would they would use the whole part of the plant and they would you know cook it and then they dry it and then they take it in capsules or something like that. And he said, if you do that, it will cause tremendous damage on your liver because there's only certain parts of it that are supposed to be used and other parts will really cause damage to your liver. And you know, he was taught from the time he was, you know, he had teachers from the time he was seven years old, and his teacher would spend a lot of time and put a lot of space in between. He'd give him one teaching and and wait, and it was, you know, kind of a long, arduous, grueling process, and it was the same way with the, with the ayahuasqueros. The ayahuasquero, his father was a famous ayahuasquero, and um, they had to be, they were chosen and- the people, the teachers were chosen by the plant who who was going to be the one to be the messenger and the carrier of their teachings and their medicine. And it had to be somebody who was very clear, very pure of heart, very genuine, very honest. And um, 
And just one other aspect, there are, you know, if if you decide you want to do this, you have to be very careful and know who you're working with because there are many ayahuasqueros that are, well, you know, being a shaman is the big cool thing in Peru and everybody's going there because for good reasons, it's an amazing place. But there are a lot of people out there who have no idea what they're doing and a lot of people who literally they'll use that opportunity to have uh, negative effects on people. Yeah, and there are common wars even that take place. So you really have to know who you're working with. It's got to be somebody who's totally pure of heart. Yeah. And I'm it, very it, blessed. <laughs> that goes with, the, to me, the it not being a casual thing, something that you really want to study up and do your homework on. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, like anything where you can get some money involved, um, you know, there's some great tour operators in the world, but there's some people that'll take you out in their van that breaks down every 10 minutes and, you know, because they want your money. Right. And, um, and there's books on the internet. You can get books, you know, read this book and you'll have all my knowledge as a shaman. And yeah. anybody that I've met that even knows a shaman laughs at that. Generally, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, this is not to me like some kind of legal disclaimer. Uh, we point out that there's never a subject that's off limits on our show. But I just have always felt, and uh, I've never had an ayahuasca experience yet, uh, but I have had some psychedelic experiences when I was younger, and they were a bit chaotic particularly at first. Um, and and I'm not sure with chemical-derived stuff if it would ever be anything but chaotic. Um, you know, it's some attempt to... All the things out there like LSD and all, the, there's some attempt to copy what somebody else has already knows exists in nature. And um, um, several channels talk about, you know, if you, as close to the way Mother Earth provides it as you can get. And to me, that's that just fits perfectly with, you know, the, the, the good, true ayahuascaros that you've worked with always, you know, show respect to the plant, come to the plant. Uh, yeah. it, it is just part of the tradition that, I mean, look, people, yeah, lots of our listeners have kids, we're we're real popular in the uh little bit older set that are maybe looking for meaning in life but you have, you've got kids and you can teach them whatever you want to teach them be serious about it or not and the nature the rebellious nature and evolutionary nature of kids they will change things if they find that it's the a better way for them so there's a, i think therefore just all the more emphasis on there's a reason that these people do this the way they do. Mm-hmm. It's and it can be the difference between having a chaotic experience that can leave you dazed and confused, as Led Zeppelin might say, um, and having an experience that can be a very opening, uh, enlivening, enlightening experience. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you agree? Oh, 100%. And the first question that I would ask somebody is why you would want to have this experience. 
for me, I it was because I wanted to be a better teacher. And it has taught me, you know, ever since that, that time, you know, I've had some really tough clients that have had some terrible abuses. And and because of my connection with those plants, I could literally go and and see exactly what was going on. And, and it was very easy to navigate and say, oh, we just need to do this and this will heal this. And and it was it was very very simple. It was a tool for me, that that I that I am aware that these, you know, um, the the plants are also known as uh, plants of power, and they are um, allies. So they support us. Whatever our unique vibrational frequency is, whatever our healing techniques are, they are able to to support us and add more oomph to whatever it is that we're doing as healers. So. I for me that was the reason it was it was more of you know when I first decided to go and and I didn't realize until you know right before the trip that it was going to be such a personal experience for me but that's how all really good healers are trained or through their own experience you can't really learn you can't learn near as much through somebody else's experience as you can your own and you know the other part is that the the teachings sorry go ahead well, one of the things that I think that um, people need to keep in mind is that although this seems like a quote-unquote quick fix because it's it's almost instantly overnight, your eyes are, you know, wrenched open, um, it's not a quick fix in that it will have a lifetime of lasting results on your direction and your purpose. So this is, I mean, the preparation and the honor needs to be given because this is very much akin to that near-death experience that people talk about that changes and alters the way that they view life itself and the universe. So I, I just can't imagine anybody with any sense in their head whatsoever, taking this lightly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, as, as beautiful as the experience is, I, I'm always concerned with stressing the importance of honoring two things, and that's the, the spirit of the plant itself, and like you said, going to the plant, and, and, you know, honoring the journey, and honoring the knowledge um, and the dedication of the shaman who who help you and assist you through this process because these, again, are not people that went to university and I know there are schools out there and I'm sure that they're doing wonderful work. However, when it comes to the indigenous tribal people, shaman are born um, into their role and they're trained practically from birth and it's for a very good reason because these people literally hold life and death of their of their tribes in their hands. Um, so yeah, they are so, they are the doctors for their community. Yeah, yeah. they could cook Hon- something up. Honor and needs to be tell somebody here drink this, and they would drink it without question. Mm-hmm. Honor needs to be given to to the journey that these teachers have taken. And if you're going to embark on something like this, then then you know you need to know who it is who's who's got your life in their hands. And that's at the end of the day. That's what it boils down to. 
you're putting your life into the hands because it's not just whether I live or die through this experience. It's how is my life going to be affected from now till 50 years ago when I, you know, pass on in my sleep. How is my the rest of my entire experience on this plane of existence going to be affected by this experience? And that's, that's to me, what's important about making this decision. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, not just the it's not just the healer you work with, but it's also the group of people you work with too. So um every person in that group, I mean I've I've been um I've been in uh circles there where the shaman the ayahuascaro would say, you know, there's another couple from another group, they want to be part of the ceremony, how do you feel about it? And and I would say, sure, fine. Um and then I would ask, you know, somebody who works there, I said, are you going to be part of the ceremony? He said, no, I don't like the energy of that person over there. And I don't, I don't want to, I, it's, he said, if I have a ceremony with that person in the ceremony, it's going to be a harder experience because he could see that person's auric field and see that, um, that they, they had some real negative issues and he just didn't, you know, he was in a, he was in a much cleaner state of mind and he didn't want his experience to be tainted with that so he was going to wait and that was another part of my growing was you know in the beginning i was just very open oh sure anybody can be a part of it and now it's <laughs> i'm very careful about who i invite well and you're in a position too to use the the tools the vision that that the plants have gifted you with uh or gifted you with the knowledge that you have had it all along however you want to put that uh, to sort of look and see, you know, uh, this, no, you know, I don't think you come on the tour, but no extracurricular activities for you. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I know there there are people that have intense experiences at places like Machu Picchu without any assistance. Yeah. Um, so. And there is plenty in Peru that will awaken people. You don't need to have, you know, like if people are deciding, well, I really, you know, I want to work with the, this amazing archaeologist and I want to go on this trip with you, but I don't know about the plant medicine. Hey, no problem. You know, that's, it's, the trip isn't about that. That's, it's just that uh, I've already done the legwork to find what I, what I feel to be the best of the best and, and the, you know, our guide who's been doing this for 45 years, you know, he knows all the key healers there. And he'll say, these are the ones that are the, that are the best. And I wouldn't get near this one or this one. Not not because he doesn't care about them, but just like, no, I only work with the best. And because it's because it is so important. It's not a required thing. Yeah. And I, I would like to say just a few a few words about San Pedro plant because and what its teachings were before we sign off because sure one of the, one of, when I did now the San Pedro they're very different plants the the ayahuasca is this powerful intense feminine jungle energy and and you have to go to the jungle for that like if you're in Cusco there are people who will take you on a, a ayahuasca experience but that's not the place for it it's important to go to the jungle. And um, if you're in the highlands, that's where the San Pedro, you know, you wouldn't do it, have a San Pedro ceremony in the jungle. You would have it in the highlands. You want to have the experience in its native home and even just different. You want to be at the proper elevation level. All, all of that is important. So my first experience with, with the San Pedro, and the San Pedro is very masculine. It's 
shaped like a phallus. It's, um, but it's very gentle and it's, um, you know, it's one that's very slow that I had, I had no nausea whatsoever. Hardly ever does anybody throw up, maybe once or twice. And a group of, my last group had 32 people and I think one or two of them felt a little bit nauseous, but that was the first, uh, the first I'd seen of that. There was no nausea whatsoever. It was very, very gentle and it came on very slow. It took about an hour before I actually felt an effect and it was just sort of mild colors, sort of gentle rainbow colors. And then all of a sudden, I end up just sobbing my eyes out because what happens is what happens is it brings all of your emotions, whether it's anger or sadness or whatever it is, it brings that and clears that out. And then you get to the state of just absolute joy and love. And for many people, they feel in a state of intense arousal. So what happened for me is I had I ended up just sobbing because my father, who I thought was you know a pretty tough guy when I was growing up, uh, the the plant showed me a vision of when he was eight years old, and he was in a bad and I I knew I knew he had gotten burned when he was young, but I didn't really know the whole story. But the plant showed me the story, showed me the story of this little eight year old boy who had somehow was near a fire and maybe there was, I don't know, lighter fluid or something. I don't remember all the details of it, but somehow he got his chest really badly burnt. And it showed me the plight of this young boy and how difficult his life was and and the hardships that he had taken on. And no wonder he was such a tough guy. And I just sobbed and sobbed and I just felt so sad for any time that I had judgment towards my father. I just felt, you know, because it's such masculine energy, but it really helped me to make peace with men in my life, with with my father, who I thought was you know, too tough on me growing up. I felt so much compassion because I just saw him as this young, tender, precious boy that really had a hard life. And it's amazing how kind and gentle he is, considering how difficult his life had been. So mm. it just it cracked my heart wide open. And I started feeling open-hearted towards all men in my life. So the, I the ability so, to see the divine masculine in them, as yeah. opposed to the twisted masculine that's been sort of in charge around here for a while. Exactly. That's, that's going away, by the way. Yeah. So so right after this, um, I you know I had the memory of this. I had a the one relationship in my life years ago that I kind of called my fatal ex. He was just oh he was just awful. I mean he had he was he was a drug addict and alcoholic. He had gone to jail. And um you know when I met him it was basically me kind of helping him get healthy and then you know he ended up cheating on me with this woman that I described as a young bimbo Barbie doll and she she got pregnant right away and they went off and it was just so heartbreaking for me. So here I was in this vision, and all of a sudden, after after the plant show, gave me a whole new perspective on my father and just opened my heart up to loving my father on, on a really deep level, showed me this man and how troubled he was, and it showed me his life when he was young, how difficult his life had been because his father left him and his mother was left to raise them, and just showed me his story and just caused me to open my heart and say, wow, no wonder he was the way he was, and and then right after this, I saw this woman's face, and the woman's face was this woman that I had, I couldn't even remember her name, and I, I literally hadn't thought of her in 20 years. I 
still to this day don't know her name, but I saw her face and I knew exactly who she was. She was the woman that got pregnant and had a child with him and he left me for her. And I just saw her face and I saw how sad she was and I saw how the damage that I had caused universally because I thought badly of her. You know, that I would use a word like bimbo or that I or that she was sleazy or that she you know, at the time I was, you know, my early twenties and that's all I could think of. It was just, you know, that she had taken this man, which, you know, believe me, it was a gift. But <laughs> but anyway, it, I saw her soul showed up and she had tears in her eyes and she said, please forgive me. I need your forgiveness. And I was shown how this child that they had, that it, the child was a boy and that she, that he had left her as well. And I didn't know any of this. I never saw them again after this, but the medicine showed me the whole story. She had a boy with him. He ended up leaving her and living a troubled life. And that uh, my sense was that he had died of probably a drug overdose or something. And here she was with this boy who was now a teenager and having all kinds of challenges of his own because of the genetic imprint that came through. And she said, you know, I need your forgiveness. And I saw that the woman had never committed a crime against me. Her only crime was that she loved the same man that I loved. And again, I just sobbed, literally. I just had, my heart just ached for her. I couldn't believe that I thought of myself as a good person, but here I thought such horrible thoughts about her and such horrible thoughts about him and had resentment towards my father. In one ceremony, this, Plant medicine made peace with every male person in my life. And then it took me on a trip, on a tour of every man I'd ever loved from from this point all the way backwards. Even showed me I was in fifth grade and I looked across to a a boy sitting at a desk and I was given his name. And and the the medicine said, you see all these men? You love these men. You have loved them and they have loved you. And all these people that you went to school with that you thought... You didn't really fit with them because you were different. You weren't Mormon. You weren't what they were. So it's not true. You all, you, you are all part of the same family. And it showed me points of power, even when I was in first grade and I was leading some, I was leading some festival, and that, that, that there was energy that was moving through me, that was helping to awaken people. There was a light that was moving through me. There was this power that moved through me, and that that power was uh, was the ability to love and to open people's hearts. And I just, I mean, just in one session to have every issue with every man solved, <laughs> just it was mind blowing. Yeah, I just felt such an incredible gift. Uh, you know, I just, the least. yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And, you know, it was funny. There was a, there was a couple in, on that trip with me that was kind of an older couple and that I guess they hadn't had much intimacy in their life. They left that ceremony and they just could not get enough of each other. <laughs> it was like, it just, <laughs> it just Uh-oh. opened something really, really deep. And then that was really beautiful. And I could tell, you know, I, we we could be here for hours talking about all the amazing experiences with people. There, I had a Hollywood model that had gluten intolerance, and that, that was healed. And another person, I mean, all kinds of physical ailments, emotional, you know, anger and lack of forgiveness all got shifted in just 
you know, in one trip working with. And when I take these groups there, generally speaking, we go to the, the jungle first and then we um, work on the, you know, on the plateau and do sacred healing ceremony in the waters at the base of Machu Picchu that doesn't have plant medicine with it, but we work with sounds and um, ancient songs and going, you know, being in, um, in the water where we go back to being in the womb and uh, go to our safe place so that we can release everything that we've been holding that's no longer ours to hold. So part of, as we're doing this this shift with the earth, going around this bend on this motorcycle where we leave it, lean into it, these are just some really, really beautiful support tools to help us release everything that we've been carrying. And I I feel very honored and humbled and blessed and gifted to... Um, Angela? Mm-hmm, I'm here. Oh, okay. Uh... Amazing shortcut to me. Um, and, um, but short, short, uh, shortcuts aren't for everybody. And, um, you know, there, there are stories of intense experiences through meditation, other spiritual practices. Um, so again, it's look to your heart, look inside. If you've been feeling you know, drawn to that sort of thing. Seek out some people like Angela that um, have taken the time to find out what's really going on uh, and who's really uh, doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, it's not everybody that just goes and runs into, you know, some person comes and puts their forehead on your forehead and says, we're going to work together, and it turns out he was the former head archaeologist of Machu Picchu. That just, that kind of thing doesn't happen when it's not meant to be. And to me, those continual synchronicities in your story are uh, verification that, you know, this that you're headed down the right road, because that's when the synchronicities come together like that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, because like you said, you go back 10 years, you know, it, let you listen to the show, you'd be like, yeah, no, uh-uh. No way. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good fiction. You're very creative. Um, <laughs> and and life can be like that. And, um, and when you feel the pull to turn a corner, so to speak, mm-hmm. lean with it. Turn the corner, turn the page, lean into it, so to speak, because you you keep mentioning releasing and things that aren't yours to hold anymore and letting go. And isn't that what enlightenment's about, people? Yeah. Lightening up by letting go of all these things that are not you. Yeah. Imagine you, all the heartbreak that could be let go of, all the the suffering, all the blame, the guilt, the shame, all of that. That and, if you could let it go, imagine who you'd be. Oh, I remember, I remember when I was writing, um, when I was writing my first novel. One of the most image, one of the most prominent images that came to me during that time was when you're you're walking through life with your arms full, um, 
not only does it weigh you down, but it, it stops you from being able to pick up new things. So, yeah. you know, there comes a time when you have to put what's in your arms down so that you can reach for something new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's it's mm-hmm. still to this day something that carries me through. It's that image in my head of, you know, it's it's very true. You can't walk through life with your arms full because it slows you down, it weighs you down, and it stops you from from yeah. picking up that flower that you just saw on the side of the road. Just cross your arms in front of you. You know, tuck your hands in. Cross your arms in front of you and try to go through a whole day standing like that. <laughs> and, no way. <laughs> you know, I don't think you're going to make it very far because, you know, uh, well, you can't do the basics, you know, and everybody got to eat, eliminate all those. It's a human experience, okay? You got to breathe in and out. You have to eat and eliminate. You have to, it's a, it works like that. It's okay. And uh, uh, so uh, I know that we have friends and listeners, some of whom, you know, aren't here uh, tonight, and I know we'll be listening to the archive that have felt drawn towards these kind of things. And, uh, uh, you know, I would simply express my wish that you not order up seeds on the Internet and grow stuff and brew it up off of a video and see what happens. Um, (laughs) I... I get well, the, one of the image of there's what? another plant that people work with called salvia, uh, salvia mm-hmm. divinorum. Mm-hmm. And people talk about this female presence, uh, and plant-based sort of presence. They, a lot of people call her green Sally. And uh, people that come to her with sort of flippant intentions have a tendency to get First laughter, and then a really wild ride that just blows their mind. Uh, as if she like shows up and says, "Really? Are you kidding me?" And then, blam! And yeah, they get spanked. Yeah, and I thought so. You just don't do that. You you look up. That's one I know you can look on the internet, and if you look in forums and stuff, you'll hear people that tell you, "Look, don't." You don't just stroll up to Green Sally and say, "Hey, what's up?" Because there's a lot of things up. <laughs> there, you know, in that uh, peyote ceremony that I was part of years ago, there were people there who were very flippant and they thought it would be cool to try one more thing, and that that plant teacher kicked them out. Literally, they had the most intense diarrhea and nausea. They were from both ends nonstop, and they literally they were kicked out of the circle. And, you know, even one of the women who who was leading it, she said, you know, the safest place for you to be is right here. And the one person said, no, you don't understand. i got to get out of here. (laughs) i got to (laughs) go. Yeah. So um, it really, it requires a tremendous amount of humility to really, to to get the full experience. I don't suspect people would have these kinds of experiences if they don't approach it with with deep humility. Right. And it's just um, one of those strange things where 
I have to encourage people to follow their heart and the way that it leads you and pulls you. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, you're following your heart, so feel your way along. You'll you'll know. You know, you're nervous about the whole thing. You're kind of scared. You're you. This person's really weird, and you don't get them at all. Don't feel a connection to this person. They're just cooking up this stuff. That's not a good thing. It's just not. Yeah. And, and, and 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 you know, you will know. Uh, anyway, I, I appreciate everybody hanging out with us uh, in, in in OT uh, a little overtime. Yeah. Uh, but that's why we always schedule with Blog Talk two hours and and say the show is in ninety minutes. Um, <laughs> I've I've been on Bill's show where. You know, he'll say, we've only got five minutes left, and then somebody's right in the middle of a story, and bam, it just stops. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to mention on a separate subject that there's a couple of really wonderful trips coming up for those who are interested in going to Peru. Um, I'll be leaving um, January 4th. There's a, a trip that's January 5th through the 19th in Peru with the former head archaeologist of Machu Picchu and we'll be going to flying over Nazca lines, Palpa lines, um, the coast, Baista Islands, Huacachina, Ica, and also in Cusco, Sacred Valley, Machu Picchu, and there we'll be working with many different healers. Uh, we're not going to the jungle this trip, although there could be an extension if there are people enough people who have interest. And we'll be closing that trip uh, in the next few days. So if there's any interest um You'd probably want to write to me. My um, what my website is resonatingmiracles.com, and you can also reach that by doing a search on my name or just angelamandato.com. That's a n g e l a m a n d a t o dot com. And to write to me, it's my name at Yahoo angelamandato at Yahoo. And uh, these uh, I'll be going through Spirit Quest tours. So that will there will be a link. To, to go to that site as well. And the other, the next trip that I'm doing into the jungle and Machu Picchu both, for those who are wanting um, to experience um, the jungle experience, that will be July 14th through the 28th. And we will go, um, literally go up to the river where there are pink freshwater dolphins. We'll have a mud baths with spa-quality mud along the Amazon River and uh, connect with the pink dolphins and um, spend time with the, the plant medicine healers in the jungle. And then we'll go to Sacred Valley, Cusco, Machu Picchu. We'll work with um, several different healers there. It'll be a really a profound experience. So I invite anybody to join me if you feel inspired and if you... Um, have more questions or want to connect more personally, just uh, write to me and we can connect that way. And I thank you both so much for inviting me on the show again. It's been an absolute delight. Uh, it's been a, uh, it, it's an honor it's always as always. It's a pleasure for us to have you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have put up the spiritquesttours.com uh, slash Peru link as well as uh, the link to your website, and those will be up on our uh, archive. Uh, I'll endeavor to have it up tonight, but uh, I won't. I'll certainly have it up tomorrow because we have another show Thursday, so I won't drop it for as long as I did the ball on the other one. Uh, and uh, and a good video that we have uh, that can 
show you just a little bit about the tour. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, and uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging out of OT with us. Uh, join us on Thursday. Uh, we have uh, Cynthia Lane uh, of First Light Transformations. and uh, uh, She's another wonderful healer and another friend of mine also. She's, you'll really enjoy that show. She's, she's a delight. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. And, uh, you know, we, we sound strange saying that it always is. It's not always is just because Jean and I are here, uh, although that's pretty cool. Uh, it's very cool we just have the coolest friends and family and, and that's the way we view the folks that come on the show and uh, yeah, we don't plan it sometimes I don't have any guests for next week and, and, and then sometimes I have two months full because they just appear so uh, join us again on Thursday have a uh, amazing and interesting 12-12-12 tomorrow and uh, I guess we'll we'll see you on the other side of that. And uh, so I would say, if ever it was important, until then. You until, bloody bell better stay connected. Yeah, good yeah. advice. Good um, advice. And Rick, may I just say one more thing? Sure. For those of you uh, who I I live in the St. George area, Southern Utah, I'm doing a program tomorrow evening for twelve 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 along with my dear friend Don L. D. Marquesa, who is an expert with Tibetan bowls, will be doing a ceremony from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., and the cost is only $33. And it will be many forms of sound healing and channeling and yoga and uh, uh, energy activation. It will be a really powerful evening. So uh, I invite you to join us there. And I also have a Monday night class for those who are in southern Utah that's held at uh, the Health and Longevity, which is Dr. Werner's office on 157 East Riverside Drive. And uh, Monday night class is only $20 from 6 to 8. And we talk about energy medicine and healing and personal mastery. Those are ongoing. Amazing stuff. Everybody go visit AngelaMandato.com. The links will be in the uh, the archive. And uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful evening. Good night. You too. Good night, everybody. Uh oh. Night all. Wrong, wrong button. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared, 
and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.